0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to my Guitar Friends interview. Today, I'm talking with Tim Godwin. Hey, Tim, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thanks. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm so happy to have you on my show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Tim is the Director of Artist Relations at Taylor Guitars. Before joining Taylor Guitars, he was the Artist Relations Manager for Line 6. He has had the opportunity to work and develop relationships and partnerships with world-class artists such as Linda Perry, Zach Brown, Jason Mraz, The Edge of U2, James Taylor, Lenny Kravitz, Phineas O'Connell, and Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Prior to joining Taylor Guitars and Line 6, he toured as a guitar player with such notable acts as Air Supply and Laura Branigan. He has also appeared on The Jay Leno Show with Grammy Award-winning country star Shelby Lynn and as a member of the house band on Fox's Sunday Comics. He co-founded the band Farmer with music producer Marshall Altman. Their collaboration with Farmer led to a publishing deal with EMI and a record deal with Aware Records. He worked with Grammy award-winning producer Pete Anderson playing on the 2009 release of a new Tanya Tucker record. And he composed the music for the film short last three minutes. Wow, Tim, you're unbelievable. <laughs> well,
1: man, I, I, I need to hire you as my press, press agent here. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yes, I'd be happy to sing your praises. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and get started, Tim. I have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. First, let's start with your learning to play guitar journey. When did you start playing guitar?
1: Um, I started uh, around nine years old.
0: Did you start like with private lessons, group lessons? I mean, what? how did you get started?
1: Well, I got start well first I was inspired to play by my uncle, uh AC An- Angus Godwin, we would call him AC. He was a folk singer back then in in the in the 60s and would in the 70s and he toured and whenever we'd come into town he would stay at our house and he'd always put on a little concert for us kids, you know, in the living room and we'd just sit there and watch him play these songs on his guitar and I was like, god, I want to do that. So that was kind of my first introduction into wanting to play guitar and then started with a local teacher, you know, in the neighborhood that taught folk music. And from there went like, I want to start, you know, then, you know, sort listening to more you know, rock and blues and things like that. So I kind of branched out from there and would seek out other teachers to learn uh, from.
0: Okay. So from very young, you were listening to your uncle play and then you wanted to play. That's awesome. Do you remember what your first guitar was?
1: Well, it was a, it had to have been a Montgomery Wards guitar because my grand, uh, pop, we called him Pop, my grandfather bought me my first guitar and, um, he worked at, in the hardware department at Montgomery Wards. So I think everything was Montgomery Wards. Okay. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Montgomery Wards guitar, but that was my first. I got it for, uh, Christmas.
0: Perfect Christmas gift. Yep. <laughs> so you started kind of young, you know, sometimes when people start, at a younger age the concept of practicing or having to practice is you know not so much fun how did you feel about practicing when you were first learning
1: well at first i mean at first cuz I, I wanted to you know cuz i wanted to learn and i i would i would practice and it was just kind of a place you know for me to go it was a kind of a i didn't mind it so much but i there was a period where i stopped and mm-hmm. stopped playing and you know got into about a motorcycle a dirt bike <laughs> i dirt biking for a couple of years. And then when I got into junior high, end of junior high, middle school, oh, well, maybe even first year of high school, I some friends of mine that I'd gone to school with kept playing guitar and they played at a talent show and they were so good. I was like I was kind of mad at myself for not continuing to play. So I I sold my <laughs> I sold my motorcycle and, and bought a I put a down payment on a on a guitar. Nice. nice, My first real nice guitar, which was a Guild nice. F48 that I put on layaway. And uh, that kind of really kickstarted my guitar journey from, from there.
0: So you are quite the performer, have been quite the performer. How did you get started in a performing career?
1: Well, I guess I just, you know, part of it was like, well, I got to go out and make do gigs and make money. I'd When I was 20, I moved to Los Angeles and went to GIT, okay. which is now called MI. And then, so I was living in LA, just surrounded by great musicians and, you know, just knew that I wanted to play in a band. And so I would, you know, I just, I love the energy of playing in a band, playing in front of people. Uh, I love the recording process too. I love the whole, just the whole, all of it really. So, you know, just performing is just another part of is the extension of the guitar? You know, I, I didn't want to sit in my room and just play. I wanted to get out there, and and it's fun to play with other musicians. You know, I love playing right. in a band with other players. That just where you feed off of each other, right?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So sharing your music and and playing with others. Well, how did people find you? So you're out in L.A. I mean, you're not, certainly probably weren't the only guitarist.
1: <laughs> no, far from it. It was, <laughs> it was. You know, I auditions. You know, you would go in the back then. They had they had a local paper for gigs. They had the music- i'd go down to the musicians union and there was a guy down there that would let you know about gigs. There was a thing called Musicians' Contact Service back then that you signed up for and it would post auditions for all kinds of bands from bands going on the on the road to club bands to and and I just for a while I just made a habit of just going to every audition possible because it was. That was a skill that I needed to learn. You know, the audition part, I would do many and I would just fall flat on my face. You know,
0: (laughs) I doubt that.
1: (laughs) No, no, I trust me. There were many (laughs) embarrassing sit ins and things that I just went and then I would just kind of on the way home, you know, go, okay, what did I do? What, how did I, how can I get better? And where did I, what do I need to work on? And then I'd go back at it again and it was many, many failings.
0: <laughs> but you obviously kept getting up and going back and doing it so bravo to you
1: <laughs> you know i don't know if it was determination or just pure stupidity i don't know what it was some i don't know what it was but
0: <laughs> well, you obviously did something right because you played in some pretty big bands and big names like Air Supply and and by the way for my listening audience, I've included in the show notes a link of a video from uh air supply and obviously Tim is playing in it. It's the song One More Chance and Tim has a featured guitar solo about two thirds of the way through. So you'll have to take a look at that. And Tim, I do have to say that jacket you were wearing was pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> well it was the eighties and <laughs> it was a lot of uh shopping on Melrose, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Well, so you have played on Jay Leno, you've toured with bands. I think something really important or would be something interesting for, you know, my listeners to know about is, you know, what is playing in front of a large audience like? What does it feel like?
1: Oh, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's a, the first time I stepped on a stage in and you see all these faces out there and 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 I think what what's exciting is that they're there to see you and there's this energy that goes back and forth between the you know the being on stage and the audience and right and then the ability to like when you're stepping out front and you can hear your you know you're hearing the sound of your guitar going through these massive PA systems is you know thrilling to go like wow just my 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 amp on stage is getting blasted out through all this yeah so it was just and just the the feel on stage, the energy between all the players and, you know, what was interesting was like when you, and it's kind of that, it's kind of hard to explain, but when the band was like, because you'd have, you'd definitely have nights that were like not great, okay. maybe to the audience that they, they sounded fine, but you would have these moments, there'd be moments on stage that were just the communication, the, the playing, but the playing was, everyone was at like playing at their best and top level and the audience knew it, they could sense that, you know, they can, the the audience can sense, they don't don't know how to put their finger on it, but it's, it was always interesting to see how the audience could pick up on things like that between a band, you know, and
0: even react,
1: react. Absolutely. You know, if there was like a moment where like, Oh, you have a solo or a certain section that just, you go like, wow, I, I, I nailed that one tonight. And (laughs) you can, you can tell the audience responded because it, you know, each night you can, gauge by each night you play, the audience reactions will be a little different. So. So
0: you're saying that it wasn't totally perfect every single time. No. (laughs) Did you ever get nervous when you were going to go on stage in front of people?
1: Um, Yeah, but it was, it was a good nervous. It's um, nerves are important. I mean, if you weren't nervous then something's wrong, I think. I love that. Because you want to feel that thrill that, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's pot, you want to turn it into a positive. Right. Thing, well, you know, know so some- not, not to be like scared of it, you know, cause it can be scary, you know, but it's sure. that anticipation. And then that's what elevates, I think you as a player is that that's an that, that extra adrenaline that pushes you and kind of heightens your senses to make sure you're doing the best you can.
0: Do you have any advice for someone who maybe is going to, maybe does have some performance anxiety, um, maybe something that they can do before they go on stage? Is there any routine that you had?
1: Um, I mean, our routines when we were like w- w- in air supply, we would, before we went went on, we kind of all got together as a band and we would go, we'd find like generally a lot of these backstage uh, dressing rooms, they always had like large showers or big, because they were like in, you know, sports. Arenas, places. yeah. Places. So we would go in there where you would, have like the heart, like kind of get that nice reverb. And we would all do, we'd all sing. We'd all kind of go over a couple songs and kind of just have that moment as a band to kind of bond, like, Hey, kind of like a, like a football team or something. Like, Here we go, you know, let's go out there and let's do it. And that was always a good way to kind of get you set in the right frame of mind and calm your nerves a little bit. But, you know, I I can't really speak to if someone has true anxiety about going, you know, performing, But I would say that I think if you really love music and music is soothing and helps you that it's just getting past that first step. I think once okay. you step out there and once you start playing, you get into your music that will calm you kind of get and into bit, your zone yeah, find your yeah. zone and then because I still i mean even gigs today i I'll, I'll get out and I'll still get a little. That little nerve thing. And then once you start playing, you kind of ease into it.
0: Right. So true. So you toured a lot in the eighties. Um, what what was touring like? What did you like about touring?
1: Um, what did I like about touring? It was the adventure of going to new places. Okay. And visiting different cities and countries. And, you know, there there's two types of people that go on the road. The ones that they tour and they stay in their hotel room all day and until until sound check and till they go to the, the show. Okay. And then there was a handful of us, I'd say most of the band were pretty, you know, I started playing tennis on the road, being active, you know, want to be healthy, you okay. know, uh, and, and do things like that. So I would, uh, my friend Robin Swenson, he was a keyboard player. He and I would always, would be the first ones to like, okay, let's go and har And, and also Ralph Cooper, the, the drummer too. We would like let's discover the the town. Let's go like, Hey, where do okay. the locals go for breakfast? What's is our local museum? Is there, because you go like, I don't know if I'll be back in this town ag- again and have this okay. opportunity. So
0: that's so cool that you did that. Uh, and you got to see a lot that way. What would you say was your least favorite part about touring?
1: The f- least part was probably around that third week on the road <laughs> is when it <laughs> was like the first week there's an excitement. The second okay. week out you're you're kind of finding your groove and you're it's it's still exciting. Third week would be, okay, when are we going to go home? This is <laughs> getting old. You know, um you'd get to the hotel and couldn't remember what floor you were on because you're in a different hotel every night. And you go like, okay. Am I in what floor am I on? You know, thank <laughs> God, thank God they had the number on the key, you know, so you would remember or what town you were in. But that would be hard or just, you know, trying to keep excited about playing because after a while you're, you're, you're doing the same show over and over and you, you mm-hmm. want to try to find that way to keep that keep it fresh, keep it fresh. So yeah, a lot of times I would walk out in the audience as they were coming in like five or six o'clock or whatever, five, and just kind of feel the, kind of get that energy from the crowd okay. because, because you would look around and you go like, man, all these people got a babysitter. They went out to dinner, they put this date on their calendar to come out for tonight. And I can't let them down. I I have to. So if they're doing that, I have to put on a good show.
0: That is so great that you did that and and really took their perspective of what experience are they here for? And mm-hmm. that oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I've never heard anyone say that before, so Wow. Well, okay. You toured for quite a while, but then you made a transition into the music industry, and and now you're the director of artist and entertainment relations at Taylor Guitars. How did you make that? How or why did you make the transition from touring and performing musician to working in the instrument industry?
1: That kind of happened in a weird sort of way, just kind of. So before line six, I was doing, you know, one of the many gigs, you know, as a musician, you're always doing just, you know it, it sounded good to my parents that I was on the road and touring with a well-known band, but, you know, you're always doing all these other gigs in between to like, you know, you got to make money. And
0: yeah.
1: uh, one of the gigs I had, I was subbing for a friend of mine on a grassroots, he's the band Grassroots, sure. they were like the- 70s band and so i would fill in for him on weekends so they would be fly dates so i'd fly out friday do a show saturday and fly back saturday sunday for a couple couple summers and they were really fun it was a fun group of guys and it was in fun music and you'd you'd play with all these all these acts that were kind of it was really fun i had a good time with that and that was that was early 90s well like almost mid 90s but i had met this guy josh blacker who was a music rep I didn't even know what a music rep was, but he played <laughs> saxophone, we did a gig where they hired horns and he said, Hey, I, 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 my real gig is I'm a music rep for instruments and we've got this new company I'm repping line six and I need someone to help demo this guitar at stores. Would you, would you be up for doing that? And I said, sure. You know, it's a, again, it's a, it's a paying gig. I'll do it. Sure. So I did that a couple, couple times with him. And then I met the people at line six and then they hired me to do, go out on the road with some reps in different, in Texas and Florida and Minnesota and go to these stores and demo these amps. So
0: a different type of touring,
1: (laughs) a different type. Yes. A much different type of touring, but I thought, okay, this, it was like once a month, you know, for five days, it was, it was, Hey, this is great. Then they offered yeah. me a job and they said, how would you like to work full time? And I had just gotten in, just gotten married. We just bought a house and mm-hmm. I wanted to have kids. And I thought, you know what? Maybe this is a chance to transition from into a new, new chapter in my life. And sure. I, you know, went to my wife and said, Hey honey, this, they've offered me this job. What do you think? And she said, well, you know, I, I married you as a musician You know that that's got to be your choice. You know, you're happy. So I thought I well thought long and hard on it because I thought let me. I said if I didn't like it, I can always quit. So I I I went back to them and said yes, I'd love to work, but I don't want to do. I don't want to go on the road with because that's what I'm trying to get away from. Sure. So if I can do something in house, you know, and so I started their artist program, and then I worked with magazines. So I which was an experience. I, I ended up doing press releases and doing reviews and met with all the magazines. And I did that for a while till they hired someone to do that, which was fine. But it was a, uh, and it was a new, it was the the good thing was it was a brand new company. So I, w- I was able to kind of learn as I went along. Oh
0: yeah, that's nice.
1: And I had great mentors there. A friend of mine, Jack Sonny, who was a, his story was kind of similar. He was on the road with Dire Straits for years, and then shifted okay. over to the MI industry and was at Seymour Duncan. Then he ended up being director of marketing for Guitar Center, and he was my boss early on. And he really he really helped me, kind of guide me through. Nice the MI world, yeah.
0: So how did you end up at Taylor Guitars?
1: Um, I had a friend of mine, Tom Waters, who I'd worked with at Line Six, was working at Taylor using okay. sales. And he called and said, hey, there's an opening. Why don't you, you know, you should come down and check it out. And I said, man, I, of course, I love Taylor Guitars. I mean, it was like so much respect for Bob and Kurt, what they'd built and the company. Sure. And it was like, you know, a great company. So, but, you know, I loved where I lived. I was living in Camarillo and my kids were small and we were all like, it's like, well, I like it here. I don't know if oh. I like it. <laughs> you know, move. So I kind of went back and forth and he kept bugging me. He said, just give him a call. And so I called, said, well, so I set up, came down for an interview and got the gig.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And for anyone who doesn't know Taylor guitars headquarters is in San Diego,
1: California, which, which, you know, it sounds funny too, to, you know, when you tell people outside of California, you go like, Oh, it was so bad. I had to move to San Diego. Like. I wasn't getting too many. Uh, oh, 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 poor guy. Oh, you know?
0: pity oh, you.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you poor thing. You got to move from Camarillo to San Diego. So
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Well, tell us more about your current jobs. You're the artist and entertainment relations director.
1: Yeah. So you know, basically, in, in it's you know raising the visibility of our product with with artists. You know, uh, working with established artists that are playing on guitar. It's also, you know, uh working with uh, up and coming new new artists, you know, who's that who's the new Taylor Swift, you know, who's the new Zach sure. Brown. It's also we've expanded the team. We have a showroom in Nashville. We've got, you know, people working in, in Europe, uh, the Latin market in Asia, Australia, woman working with the BIPOC uh, community and being more diverse, learning to be more diverse. Too, awesome! You know that it's that it's not a it's just not guys playing country songs or you know songwriters. It's we've got hip hop artists, we've got R and B artists that that play acoustic guitars. You know, so we're trying. You know, we're we're working on, and in in Lindsay, who I've been working with, she's been doing a great job reaching out, and she she's a great player and artist in her own right, and has a lot of great connections with that that community. And I was it's been great to see that grow.
0: That's and, awesome.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so it's been a, it's been really fun. It's, it's, it's working with, I'm I'm lucky to be working with some great people at our company. To,
0: well, I bet to you're happen. just stellar at doing this job because you have that unique perspective of having been a performing artist and also uh, working with instruments and, you know, kind of marrying those two together. That's, you're the perfect candidate for that. So they were brilliant to hire you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, my show tips for guitar playing success is about tips to help guitarists. And so I was just curious what tip or hint or idea you have that you could share with someone who's trying to make Tr- excuse me. Who's trying to make their way into the performing world?
1: Well, it's um, you know, it starts local, you know, I think just getting it's putting yourself out there. You're not going to, you know, as I say, you're not going to be discovered sitting in your bedroom, although people have been discovered in their bedroom <laughs> through the, you know, through Instagram and TikTok and things like sure. that. Social but, media. Which that's a whole interesting thing because as all these stars have kind of come out of the COVID this COVID period, it's like, there's a lot of artists that are, that have been signed that have never toured before. And it's like, Oh, they're Ah. just playing in their bedroom and like, Oh no, I got to get out on the, on the road. And that takes endurance. I mean, it's going to have to get in shape, but I would say, you know, obviously having your social game up and playing out, you just have to take every gig possible and get, get out there and and work on your craft and it's networking, getting to know people, you know, it's, because those are the people that are gonna help you and 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 be seen in that those certain circles, and you just have to get yourself out there,
0: yeah no that makes that makes total sense.
1: no one's gonna sit you know, you can't sit by the phone and wait for it to ring,
0: yeah that's it's probably what one in a trillion that maybe that happens yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just,
1: just, yeah it's just down to you know just like any like anything it's just you gotta work at it, it's work. So. Yeah,
0: so anyone that's trying to make their way in the performing world, like you said, getting out there, getting on social media, don't be afraid. Okay, so we're lucky. Tim's going to be sharing some of his music with us. Tim, the song you're you're going to share with us is called Laurel Canyon. Can you tell us about that song?
1: Yeah, it's a um well dur- during COVID, I think mean, everybody's had their COVID story, so this is kind of my COVID story. Um, okay. Since I was working from home, and you know, I'd save time driving. I'd save two hours a day by not driving into work. So, okay. and then obviously weekends and that. And I just needed to play, and I had an and have an outlet. So, a songwriter friend of mine from L.A., Bill Revelis, had reached out and said, "Hey, I've got these songs." And I'd always played a lot of his songs that were placed in TV and film songs because I do a lot of that when I was living up there for people. Okay. And he said, "I've got these songs. I would love to do an artist." centric ep or 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 whatever we want to call it we ended up calling it a collection of songs and but make it more artistic and not try to rush it and try to like get it into a tv show or something like that so i see so we took our time i mean we took the year over a year to kind of because we i did tracks at home i recorded guitars at home then i would we would get together a couple times he would drive down here and we'd go to a studio and do vocals and and okay. I worked with a really good friend of mine, Brian Schubel, who is like an ace engineer. I mean, he's worked from, you know, John Merritt, to Cheryl Crow to Zach Brown to Elton John. He's, he okay. moved down here several years ago and we re- reconnected and we'd always wanted to work together. So it was kind of this perfect storm of people. Nice. So he engineered and mixed. And then I would send tracks out to people, a couple in Nashville, some people up in LA, some in, other places just to play on these tracks, to build these tracks. And um, we did a nice collection of six songs. And this was one of them, Laurel Canyon, uh, really proud of. We had great people playing. Uh, Fritz Lewak, who plays with Jackson Brown, played drums. And nice. Kevin McCormick, who's with Crosby, Stills, and Nash right now, but he's played with Jackson Brown and Melissa Etheridge and tons of people. And Phil Parlopiano, who's played with John Prine. And, uh, wow. rod stewart and bunch just a great he played a b3 and piano so
0: nice
1: and i had some friends uh janice and Liebhart and pat hawk sing background vocals and so it was just fun to kind of fun to send these tracks out and have and kind of get back what they sent and sort of take on
0: a life of its own huh yeah it
1: did it was really it was really a fun thing to do and it even create out of one of the songs we even created a uh graphic novel out of a song called The Monster and Me we did a oh. 8 page graphic novel to kind of go along with the song so
0: so you you came at it from a lot of different angles
1: yeah just uh again just to kind of be creative and have have fun and you know it it's always fun to play and record and so sure. So I, well, I I
0: think so much was done digitally, obviously during yeah. the at least the very intense lockdown months. What I love about that is, yeah, people didn't stop playing. In fact, they increased playing a lot mm-hmm. of people like you. You used your commute time. To have fun on the guitar, and it, it is fun. That's why we call it play guitar. And
1: that's right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's fun to play, and it's fun to um, share music, and it's good for your health too.
1: <laughs> it is. Oh, it's very, very good for that. Yes, it's definitely. So
0: we fun. all need we all need good health. So everyone, yes, we do.
1: <laughs> Everybody pick up. Your, well, I mean, all the all the instrument companies have done very well through this time because people are at home wanting to play, and it's. I think that's good for the industry and good for, you know, just people in general to be able to get out and have a, you know, place to go and
0: absolutely. Get, you know, I think people looked at it like, gosh, you know, I've always wanted to try guitar and I'm sitting at home. I might as well try it yeah. now.
1: Great time to do it. Because that's the yeah. hardest part, I think, getting started, especially if you're gonna be older and you want to start playing guitar is it's a time factor.
0: Absolutely. I hear I started, that a lot in my workshops and clinics. You know, I, you know, want to play, but I just don't have time. Well, that's how my learn to play guitar in a day started. I had people say, I want to learn, but I just I just don't have time to do it. And that, ultimately, yeah, we were had this built-in time now. So it makes sense that yeah, a lot more people got involved. -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Tim, again, for your time and your knowledge and your stories. And it's just been really fabulous having you share your life, your time, your knowledge, your information with everyone. So thank you very much.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Marlene.
0: You're welcome. And Tim's going to take it away with the song Laurel Canyon.